Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Well, we are in the midst of a series that I'm calling Faith and Hope, and it, it's funny because I try to title these series from the beginning sometimes, and I want to change them halfway through <laughs> cause, uh, because the, the focus you know, just becomes about different things, but I want to stick on faith and hope, faith being trust toward God. Faith being a response to God. Faith is Jesus walks in the room and says, I'm a healer, and you say, okay, I agree with you, especially after you watch him heal someone, right? Faith is a response to who God is, a response to what Jesus has accomplished. It's not something that you do to get God to jump on board with your plans and your will. Faith is... Let me find out how God would lead me. Let me find out the promises that he wants me to experience and the purposes that he wants me to live. And I'm going to do everything I can to get everything out of the way so that I'm fully on board with that. I'm going to lay aside my doubt. I'm going to lay aside my own plans and, you know, ideas. And I'm going to be fully immersed in, like Jesus said, I only do that which the Father that which I see the Father do. I, you know, I say what he says, I do what he does. I want that. And here's what's interesting. When you do that, when you lose your life, you kind of give up all of your stuff, then you find everything that you've ever been looking for. And here's what's interesting. You still like the same things, right? But you pursue things from a less selfish perspective. And if you've come out of a faith type of background where it's all about your strength of faith, determines the degree of God you're going to experience. Anybody come out of that type of background? Two of you. Okay, good. Y'all have no idea what I'm talking about then. (laughs) No, but I think you know what I mean, right? Like in general, in the body, it's kind of perceived as, well, they got really strong faith if everything works out, and they got weak faith if it doesn't work out. You know, faith is not necessarily determined by the results. Although the paradox is, we have the right to believe for radical results. But here's, here's something that I'm really wanting to fine-tune in this series as we continue. You know, next week, there'll be a little bit of a break from this uh, series because Jimmy and his daughter will be here talking about restoration. But it is, it, to me, it's, it's faith in action of, of Jimmy trusting God and allowing God to work and, and making and having to deal with some difficult things in his life. So it'll kind of be, it's like we're talking about faith, then there's a testimony of faith, then we're going to go back into it. And I want to talk about more about the laws of faith. And after Jimmy and, um, gosh, I always forget her name, Jessica, uh, give their testimony, the next week when, when I pick back up, I, I'm going to start digging into what Jesus teaches about faith. Today, I want to go back into Hebrews 11 a little bit. Just as a little bit of review, if you're getting caught up, we've been looking at Hebrews 11, specifically starting in Hebrews 11.1. Let's see. Oh, there. 
Did you click on that? Oh. Let me just test here for a minute. I might have to get you to follow me if it's not controlling it for some reason. Don't you love technology? I actually do. Let me try it now. All right, anyway, I'm going to have you follow me. So Hebrews 11.1, 1. <clears throat> Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith being confidence in God. Faith being I'm going to the Word, I'm going to the Spirit, I'm looking at God, I'm beholding Him. He tells me who He is in His Word and the life of Christ and I make the, all the adjustments that need to happen on the inside of me in spite of what I've gone through, in spite of what I'm currently going through, in spite of the disappointments, the hurts, the trauma, the difficulty, the loss, the pain. And, and, and again, and I said this last week, but I, I want to reiterate it. I, I understand. We're in this push-pull type of situation in this life, right? Because Jesus coaches us to pray in such a way where we expect life on earth as it is in heaven. And then we experience tragedy and loss and pain and disappointment, and we get stuck in repetitive, destructive cycles, and then it just becomes, you know, I hear it. I hear it regularly, unfortunately, people that are facing legitimate adverse situations that steal and rob your faith and just beat you down. Life can beat you down, right? And, and I get, I totally get it. it. It's no wonder people's hearts become thick, right? Hardened. And when I say hard, hard, I don't mean you're evil or you're doing something wrong. It's just kind of a response. It's almost protection mode, right? I think a lot of times because of what we go through in life, we just kind of build these walls of protection where it's like, Oh, I tried to pray. I tried to pray. I get it. I get it. I, I trust God. Yeah, I'm cool with Jesus, but but I'm I'm in pain. I'm in pain right now. And if I try to open my heart a little bit to believe, all that pain comes rushing out, and and it's hard. I under, I get it. It's hard, especially when you've gone through legitimate difficulties. Uh, so so I I, I I've. We've walked through that. You've walked through that. You're going to walk through more of that. And I think the invitation is to stay in hope, which is a confident expectation of good things, to stay in faith toward him, to remember who he is, and to be willing to take him at his word and not let the circumstances of life determine how we're going to think about God. Not let the circumstances of life determine the degree to which we're willing to open up to let him move through us and do things in our lives. You know, so I've, I've asked you to go through Hebrews 11 for a couple of weeks, and I'll give you one more chance because there's a quiz next week. <laughs> uh, the homework being, go through Hebrews 11, consider the roll call of faith, and take some time to go and look at each story in Scripture. Most of them are, well, really, they're all listed in the Old Testament, so you go back and do a little bit of digging. Read, read about Abraham and Sarah. Read about Moses and Noah and Elijah and Enoch and Jacob and all the list of the patriarchs that we have. And look, and here's the commonality that you see. Their faith was in something that God presented to them. God came to them with an idea. 
Like Moses is one of my favorites, right? Moses, he gets the word, he gets the revelation of who he is. Uh, he, he even, and here's what you miss about Moses. He, he started to forsake life in the kingdom of the Pharaoh and started to identify and wanted to kind of get down and live with, you know, his people. And of course, then he takes matters into his own hands to try to deliver Israel, kills an Egyptian um, guard, and then has to run for his life and flee. And 40 years later, you know, we miss, like we hear, we see these phrases, 40 years later. That's a lifetime. 40 years later, you know, and that's difficult. Imagine what Moses would have gone through when God rekindles this dream, this passion, you know, this idea. I mean, he killed someone. He killed somebody at his own hands, you know, and the guilt and the shame and the pain that he would have had to work through dealing with something like that. And then here comes God again. But what's interesting is the way God presents it to Moses is, these are my people. I love them. I want them free. And it's almost as if it's presenting to Moses, I'm asking you to work with me to go deliver my people. That's the call. The call is to deliver God's people. The call is not for you to fulfill your ministry, for you to fulfill your purposes, your purpose. Are you with me? Because that's so much you hear it. Well, what's your purpose and what's this? And it's like, well, then I've got this assignment and I've got to complete this job and can fulfill this task. And it's like, well, here's the task. Go get God's people. It's a collaborative effort. It's not about you. It's just not about you. It's not about, you say, it's not about me. It's about him and his people. And so that's what we want to do is lay down our mind. And it, that doesn't mean that you don't get to live your dreams and do things you like. I mean, I, the God created the, you know, life is a playground. Have fun. Enjoy it. It's not all about just forsaking everything, not having any fun, and dedicated to the call. Now, some people, it is that way. Some people that are hardcore and not that you're not hardcore, but some people, that's just the way that their calling comes out is that they're just all in, even to the, lice, the loss of life. You know, there are some people that God will call to very hostile regions and knowing that most likely you're going to lose your life in this pursuit of going after the people that I want to send you to. That very much could happen. Most of us, that's not going to happen to, especially in, in the West, in the U.S., but, you know, things change. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Oh, why is that funny? <laughs> that was a sad, that was a... So, what I'm presenting in this series is that in spite of all that, in spite of the difficulty, the confusion, our failures, our pain, our loss, we commit to live a lifestyle of walking by faith. Walking by faith, and faith specifically in the promises that Jesus died for you to experience and the purposes that God has revealed to you to call you into, much like Moses or Noah. Hey, Noah, uh, there's so much sin in the earth, we got to start over. Would you build me a boat? I mean, Moses, Noah could have said no. You know, I think about this. This is just me thinking. So just, you know, I wonder if Noah was even the first person that he asked. I mean, I get it. He was righteous, and, you know, there was none like him. I understand that. 
or, or Abraham. There's just something about the right time that Abraham was willing. You know, that, that's just a thought that I have. But <clears throat> So now faith is the substance. Faith is the makeup. Faith is almost the breeding ground, the container within which that what you're expecting gets built into. And th- this is something that I want to talk about when we get a little bit deeper into this series, uh, you know, some of the quantum stuff of understanding how we affect the world around us. And I'm not saying that, that you are God and you just get to create, you know, like, like you're a, you've got a new gun and it's fully loaded and you're just going to point and shoot wherever you want to point and shoot. It's still, your faith is still led by the Lord, but there's an aspect of us believing in such a way that the, the, even the created realm responds to what we say, what we speak, what we believe, what we expect, right? What we're putting out there, you're getting back to you. And I want to talk about the power of the spoken word. And, and one of the, I've, I'm already pretty deep into this series, but one of the exercises that we're going to do is create a temptation resistance script where you are going to verbally speak out loud the area that you're tempted in, the areas that you're tempted in, and you're going to find some scriptures that address that specific area, and you're going to write your own script, and we're all going to say them out loud publicly in front of everyone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's going to be a very private thing that you do. I might ask a few of you to share some of them, but, but, but have a game plan for temptation. Have a game plan for fear and worry and anxiety and doubt. To, and to speak, because life and death are in the power of the tongue. But that's the problem with this series, because I've got so many different areas. But So you, you could say that for that, um, next slide please, you could say that passage in a different way. You could say faith is the evidence that what you're competently expecting will come to pass. And so you see in Hebrews 11 that there's always promise in purpose. When God calls you into a purpose, there's always promises with it. So what are the promises? And let me ask you, because this has kind of been part of what I've asked you to do. I don't, again, I don't want to just preach sermons. I, I, I kind of want this, us to engage our hearts in this. So let me ask you, what are some of the promises in this series that you've been thinking about? What are the, some of the promises that Jesus paid for? Not purposes, but the promises that God has for you that you're believing for. Just say them out to me. What promises are you believing for? What promises did Jesus pay for that you want to see in your life? Health. Health. Healing, peace. peace. All your needs are met. A few more. Speak speak them out. Redemption. Grace. Grace. Freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. And And I would say get specific as you're looking at these promises Think about it. What promises are you believing for? Are you enjoying your Christianity? You're happy with your life? You're kind of, you know what, this is, this is just where I'm at? Or are we stretching a little bit? Because, you know, we, when you experience the promises of God, he get, He's glorified. What promise are you believing for? Yeah, put you on the spot. Uh, provision. provision. Who else? Creativity. One more. Wisdom. Wisdom. 
Yeah. I think we could probably all raise our hands and say, I want to see all those promises myself, right? We're not that different. We're not that unique. And what you're believing for is not that radical. Nobody said, I'm believing that God will build the Taj Mahal in my backyard. (laughs) You know? But I would say get radical, get specific, get detailed about it. Think about it. And I, and I hope that you're thinking about it. What am I? What promises am what What has God promised me? Do you know what is yours by promise? And then purposes. I think that these questions are kind of in there if you want to follow me through and, and pop something up like that. What purposes? does God have for you? So let's do that again as well, purposes. What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What is it that you can say, <clears throat> I feel like God has revealed this to me, and this is what I'm moving toward. When I make decisions about what I'm going to do with my life, I consider this. This is a purpose. This is an assignment. This is an aspect of God that he wants to reveal through me. This is a reason that I get out of bed. These are the purposes that I'm living for. Have you thought about that? Call some of those out if you would. To love people. people. Be Jesus to people. Yeah, so frame that in purpose. Yeah, amen. Purpose to spread the good news, spread the character of God that he's not withholding from you. Let your light shine. To reveal grace. To set the captives free. Fly fishing. Listen, I was hoping somebody would go there. I really was hoping somebody would go there because because those are, you know, God wants you to enjoy the planet. Why do you think he made it so beautiful? Maybe it's... um, the fulfillment of the passage that says a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's one of my purposes. Every decision I make about money and assets is with the thought in mind to leave an inheritance for my children's children. And I think about that. I think about when I'm making different decisions financially. It's like, how can I provide for not just my kids, but how can I set my kids up to provide for their kids and then start this cycle? That, that continues in our family tree, right? What other purposes? Y'all ain't done your homework, I can tell. Minister to, others. Minister to others, yeah. Raising a godly family. To worship him. Samson, a little louder. Oh. <laughs> Do you feel uncomfortable, or are you just kind of listening, you're thinking, maybe a little bit of all of it, right? I, I, I really, I want to stir this up, you know? I want to stir this up. I think we just get so busy making our daily decisions, you know, making choices. A lot, a lot of us, I, I think it's like 95% of the thoughts that you have are almost programmed 
where you have this, you face the same areas of life, you got the same job, you got the same people, you got the same routines, you do the same things. Like 95% of what you do is like automatic at this point, right? And, and, and I think we just kind of get stuck. And see, and this is that churning part of faith, the part where we give our heart to God and we let him birth some dreams on the inside of us. You know, you, could have, you can have a dream that has nothing to do with the kingdom, and that's perfectly fine. God wants you to be creative, and not every song you write has to be. It's okay to write songs that are just fun for you to write that people enjoy. It's okay for you to paint. It's okay for you to fly fish. All that stuff. Don't give up on that stuff. But also, too, what is it that's guiding your life? What are the purposes that are birthed inside of you from God that are guiding your life? And do you filter every decision through that? Here's what we filter our decisions through typically, worry. A lot of times we filter our decisions through lack. And it's that subconscious mindset that we have about the world. And it's that experiential programming that we've experienced in life that then filters everything. It's like we need to think better than we feel. We need to think better than we feel. You're sick? Think better than you feel. Speak better than you feel. Are you depressed? You need to feel better than you feel. Faith reaches into God and says, you've promised joy and peace. I don't have much of that, Lord. I've gone through this, and he sees it, he knows, but there's joy in that. There's joy that he has for you. There's peace that he has for you. That's the hard work of faith is I'm not just going to go in default mode. I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to allow myself to be stretched, even if it's uncomfortable a little bit here. What is it that you're believing for? What is it that you have this promise, this idea on the inside of you that God may have birthed in there that you're moving toward? Are you daily making decisions to move in that direction? My pastor would say, you know, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. You're never just in neutral. If you're not actively taking a ground, taking ground, you're going backwards because time is moving on. The world is moving on. It's challenging. I, I know. So this is where the alignment and the repentance happens. I can hear some of the thoughts and it's, oh yeah, well, once I get this job and once I do this and once I get this, or I got this debt and once I do this relationship and one, I, you know, that's fine. Factor all that stuff in. Because that all, that all needs to be placed properly and thought about and dealt with. And, but primarily, what are those purposes? Collaboratively working with God to reveal his kingdom, to reveal Christ. What are those purposes? I hope you all have at least five of them. We threw out about 20 here. But, but I, I would encourage you to take that seriously. Have a script for yourself. These are the promises that I'm believing for. And these are the purposes as of now, as clearly as I can understand them at this moment. And listen, I'm just telling you, things get more clearly when you move. Things get more clear 
when you begin to take steps and move forward. You might be waiting. You might be thinking, well, one day, well, not yet. Well, I tried that. And you got stuck and you're sitting and you're waiting, calling it God's timing. But yet he's waiting on you. I mean, if you're waiting on God, you're going backwards. Two-thirds of his name is go. I'm surprised people still laugh at that. As corny as that is, surely you've heard that. You've never heard that? Well, the next time I say it, just pretend like you didn't hear it then either. So then we, last week, we talked a little bit about the laws of the kingdom. And I, this is not all review. I'm kind of, that's the thing that this series is going to do. Is you, you kind of have to follow me. And then if you would put up that list of the laws, this is just one list here. The law of the Lord, the law of God's word, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of the seed. Um, when we get into specifically looking at what Jesus taught about faith, I, I really want to dig pretty deeply into the law of the seed. Because in Mark 4, Jesus teaches on the law of the seed. We call it the parable of the sower. It's really the parable of, that boils down to this. The receptivity of your heart to the word of God and to his spirit determines the degree of the kingdom that you're going to experience in this life. The receptivity of your heart, your inner man. You know, it's with the heart that we believe. All things are possible to those who believe so if we're not experiencing the impossible, then it's a belief issue. And we got to deal with doubt. And what are we believing? A lot of it is what are we believing about God? You know, one of our sayings here is we want to change the way that you see God. A lot of us have been taught some really bad things about who God is, the actual character and nature of God. God's good. Today, I, I kind of want to center around this idea of the, the law of faith. Um, the law of faith does things. And now, again, these laws are not moral laws. Are you with me? They're not moral laws in terms of this is the right thing to do. And they're not laws in terms of if you don't do it, then there's punishment or a curse on the backside of it. These are laws in the spiritual dimension, in the kingdom of God, that are like the laws in the physical dimension. Gravity, strong and weak nuclear force, the electromagnetic spectrum, how the radio weight, like, so the consistent laws of nature in the physical dimension, I think are mirrors of the laws, the consistency in that spiritual dimension. And there are ways to experience the laws in that spiritual dimension. And we talked last week about the idea of the law of lift, right? Bernoulli figured out the law of lift, and then the Wright brothers put it into action. And we, so we talked about the idea of uh, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's a law there. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are you diligently seeking him? And if you are, there's a reward for that. But it's not a moral reward or really necessarily on merit as much as it is as you seek out the law of gravity, you figure out how to fly. 
So the Wright brothers were rewarded with flight when they searched out the law of lift, understanding gravity, understanding the law of lift. They built a craft that could supersede the law of gravity and took flight, which previously would have been thought as impossible. It is impossible to get something that weighs multiple hundreds or thousands of pounds into the air because the law of gravity. Watch, I'm going to throw this apple. You're telling me you want something to fly? You're telling me you think you can get something that's several hundred pounds up in the air and fly like a bird? What? No. If man were meant to fly, it had wings. I'm sure. Can you imagine the things that the Wright brothers were told? We went to Washington, D.C., and, and their, their craft, or probably a replica of one of their craft is, is in, which, which, which one is that in? Which museum? The Air and Space Museum. You ever been there? You look at that thing, and you're like, well, man, I don't think I would get in that thing. <laughs> but, but you think about that, right? So think about that, the law of the spirit of life, the law of faith. It, it, it's, it's like, wait a minute. You're telling me that Jesus walked around healing people, knowing people's thoughts, multiplying food and bread, you think you can live that way? What makes you think you can be healed? Are you, that's impossible. Cancer is terminal. Didn't you hear the doctor? Yes, however, like the law of lift superseding gravity, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death. The law of lift set them free from the law of gravity. The law of faith. What does the law of faith do? So let's keep going. And, and I'll, I'll say a couple more statements. We're, we're rewarded with provision when we search out the provider. You're, these laws are not personal, right? Like gravity. You fall off a ladder, you get hurt. That wasn't gravity saying, I'm going to teach you a lesson, boy, and then make you fall off the ladder. No, you broke the laws of gravity. You didn't climb up on that ladder safely, and you fell and you got hurt. That's your fault, right? And so the law, these laws that are in the kingdom are there to be uncovered. So we're rewarded with provision when we search out the provider. We uncover healing when we search out the healer. And the law in that is we become like him as we behold him. We are predestined, so you know, here's the evidence. Faith is the evidence. The evidence is, I've been told, I'm, pre, I'm predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. I'm going to anchor my faith in that. And then I'm going to search that out. Think about the Wright brothers, what they would have done, how many different types of wings and how many different issues that they worked through and get thrust right and get speed right and get weight right and get position and everything. You know, there's not a formula to faith, but there is a searching out of things. There is a searching out of what God has concealed for us. And the Holy Spirit will teach you. That's the difficulty with preaching. Nobody can teach you how to get healed. Nobody can teach you how to do miracles. That's the Holy Spirit. You know, like, like I, I think of what I do is I'm, I'm trying to paint a painting that you then get a picture of God and you look at and appreciate the painting, but then that painting takes on its own meaning for you. And, and you are to search these things out, right? And you are rewarded when you search these things out. There's healing waiting for you. There's wisdom waiting for you. There's creativity waiting for you. 
He's not hiding it. He's not saying you don't get it until you do. It's not a Newtonian type of cause and effect. It's a quantum aspect of faith where all things are possible. What am I going to choose? What am I going to stop manifesting and choose a new reality and go for that? Faith, faith is challenging. But it's clear when you anchor it in what Jesus paid for. And, and I, I really hope that you go home and you think about these things. What am I believing for? And then when it rises up, well, the last time I believed for that, this happened. You got to deal with that. Go to the counselor, the wonderful counselor, and let the Holy Spirit walk you through that. You know, and so then you add things in. Well, you know, God gave us dominion over this planet. We introduced sin. Death is now reigning in this earth, but... Christ has given us righteousness. He's restored our relationship. He shares his inheritance with us. And, you know, Jesus went around showing us who God is, and he healed people, and he did this. And, you know, there were some people that he couldn't even heal because they, didn't, they couldn't receive from him. And, and you reason through according to who God is. And you do that in your situation. Well, I'm just always broke, you know, but, I, but man... God promised this to Abraham, and Abraham made a lot of mistakes. Abraham left about 10 years late. He took his family with him when God said, leave your family. He lied and gave his wife away twice. He slept with another woman than his wife and had a child. But yet look what happened. Helping God with the problem. Yeah. You discover purpose when we know our maker. So the law of faith is this. I'm going to read Romans 3, 21 through 28. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law, so the law, the standard of righteousness, the law with which you had to keep all these laws to be acceptable to God or be in right standing with him, um, the law, now, but now the righteousness of God Apart from the law. That, that is a revolutionary concept to some people. That there is a righteousness that has nothing to do with the law. Do, do you know that? Your righteousness, your acceptance, the way that you stay saved has nothing to do with your law keeping or breaking. Some people need to hear that. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, righteousness is through faith to all and on all who believe. Do you believe? For there's no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely, say freely. Now, I'm going to give you the end from the beginning because he's, he's, he's describing the law of faith. The law of faith in the kingdom produces this. This is not, the law of faith is not something that you figure out how to work. It's that the law of faith is you believe, you are rewarded, justification, and righteousness. So let's just keep going. Being justified freely by his grace, that inner working power, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith 
to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Stay on 26 for a minute. Say, I'm justified. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm purified. Now, why can you say those things? Not because you've kept the law. It has nothing to do with the law, keeping it or breaking it. Nothing. Well, are you saying I can just go out and sin? Well, go read Romans 6 and then ask me that question. That's another law I'll talk about. 27, please. Where's boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? No, but the law of faith. The law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is, and this is the law of faith, a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. That is revolutionary to some people. That is the crux of the Reformation. That is the breaking away from a legalistic structure into righteousness by grace through faith. The law of faith says your works have nothing to do with your acceptance in God. It's all because of your trust in what Jesus did. Now, most of us, that's just kind of Christianity 101, right? But then when you really think about that in terms of like, that's a law in the kingdom. So I hope that that informs us a little bit in terms of these other laws, how they work, right, by faith. These other laws that we experience are by faith. And really, it, it should be just as easy to get healed as it is to get saved. It should be, theoretically, ideally, because they work the same way. But salvation happens in your spirit first and then emanates into the rest of your being. And, I, and I, don't, I don't want to back down from that. I want to continue. So now let me read through several passages in Hebrews 11. So when, when the promise, now I, I even hesitate to make this statement. If, go back to the one when the promise becomes more real. This is just a, this is just a, um, a, a statement that I've seen prove out to be true because when you watch people that seem to experience provision and healing when others are seeking it out, and it just seems to be easier for some people. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to make a doctrine out of that. And, and, I, and, I, and I, there's different ways to say this, but this is just an observation. No, not that one. When the promise becomes more real, it's after the, the, the passage, the Hebrews 11 passages standalone slide. Looks like it's number 28. There you go. When the, when the promise becomes more real or possible than the circumstance, you'll experience manifestation. That's, that's faith. That's our job. Think better than you feel. Believe better than you're experiencing. Can you host the reality of God's promises in your mind and your heart until it's more real than what you're experiencing in this life? Because the reality is... That is, that is your reality in spirit, in seed form, until it becomes your reality in physical. Now, I get it. I get it. I totally understand. 
you're in pain, you're hurting, you're barely even surviving, and we're talking about experiencing the impossible. That's, that's the offensiveness of the word. Just keep your heart open. Faith is a commitment to expect God's promised reality. Remember, that's what we're talking about. Well, what do you want to have faith in? That which God says is possible. What has God revealed to you as possible? Do we not have the Hebrews passages? Okay, there we go. For some reason, I'm not seeing it. So I'm going to select just a couple of these we're going to read through. So now this is a little bit of a meditative exercise here as we wrap up this today's message. And I just want you to notice some things uh, as we read through these. Are you with me? All right, so now faith is confidence. And, I, and I'm, I'm in the NIV, which I know some people call the nearly inspired version. <laughs> I don't like the NIV where it, it adds sovereign Lord in a lot of areas um, where it should just say Lord or God because it kind of denotes this idea of God controlling every little thing, which is not the case. Let me just say, if God's in control, he's doing a bad job. (laughs) Now, is he all-powerful? Yes. Is he all-knowing? Of course. Can he do anything he wants? Absolutely. But he can't break his word. And his word was to give mankind this planet. One day, though, however, restoration. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, and hope is expectation, and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is the assurance about what you don't see. That is is what the ancients were commended for, and the ancients are all listed. So by faith, we understand I would encourage you, just meditate on that for about 15 minutes one day. You feel like you lack wisdom, you lack understanding. Faith comes before understanding. By faith, we understand. Why can faith come before understanding? Because your faith is in what God presents as the potential. Your faith is in what God presents as the potential reality, right? And so you might not understand how it's going to work out, And if you don't put faith in the potential before it works out, you'll probably never experience it. But the potential is rooted in what God is saying, what God says is possible. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. And I want to talk about that, the power of words. We're going to go there uh, in one of these messages. So that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. And I'm skipping a few of the... You can go ahead to the next one. I'm skipping a few um, where it specifically talks about the ancients, but go back and read through those if you haven't yet. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We've talked a lot about that so far. Keep going. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. I love that. That's what I'm calling today's message. Faith dwells in the promise. Now, I think this is literal, 
but I also think it's figurative, right? So the promised land, faith, by faith he dwelt in the promised land. God said, go here, Canaan, Jordan, and where you put your tent, I will give to you. But also, too, he had no reason to believe that that's what God wanted for him. So I think figuratively also, faith dwells in the promise. How can you dwell in the promise? How can you build that tent in your heart and mind of the expectation that God has promised you through Christ and the purposes that he wants to accomplish through you? Is your mind and your heart dwelling in the promise? Or is your mind and your heart dwelling in the past? Dwelling in the pain? Dwelling in the lack? What are you dwelling on? What are you ruminating? What, do you, what cycles do you allow to go? And that's where you got to become mindful of your own thoughts and pay attention. What do you think about? What do you think about when you're thinking? A lot of us want to just skip that paying attention to our... We wake up in the morning, let me grab that phone. I don't want to think about what I was thinking about. Whatever those first thoughts are, going to bed at night. Ooh, I don't want to think. I don't want to lay there. And, I, don't, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this while I'm laying here trying to go to sleep. So I'm going to think about something. I'm going to leave the TV on so I have to think about it. Well, you're building a tent in there. You're building a tent of the division on the news. You're building a tent of the alien shows that you're watching. <laughs> you're building a tent of the, you know, rainbow trout that you're going to go catch. Or, you know what I mean? Are you with me? I mean, what if you went to bed envisioning and letting yourself feel ahead of time rehearsing the feelings of the promise having been manifested. What if that's the last thing you fall asleep thinking about? That's hard. It's not easy. There's a lot of, lot of stuff trying to rob those little moments. Deal with it. Are you going to deal with it? By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking for the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. <sighs> wow. Go back to that one just for a second. He's looking for a city whose foundations, with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Let me just tell you, you have no clue how to enter into the city which God is building into your life. But you enter into it when you dwell there in the promise, when you dwell in the promise. It's the next step. It's the next step for you. See it. And, it, and so we're not saying that you coming up with this image makes it happen, right? Because that's a thing out there, the law of attraction, this quantum faith type of thing that some people are talking about, like you impose your will and so, therefore, that's what you're building and attracting back. I don't, I don't really want to do that. Now, I get that that's a mechanism that's working in the created realm because of humans' interaction and influence on the earth. However, I want God to choose my potentials for me. I want God to put thoughts and ideas and visions and pictures in me that that's what I'm anchoring my faith into. Because then I'm not trying to force something to happen. I'm just holding on to what he says is possible. And that's a difference I want to make in, in our thinking. Next verse. By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, 
was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful. She considered him faithful who'd made the promise. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. That's faith. Consider him. How do you have great faith? Consider him faithful. And so from this one man, and he is good as dead. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. I'm so glad they put that in there. So from this one man who was as good as dead, like, like, like when I kind of let that, it's like, you should see this. You should have seen this guy. You see all this? Man, you should have seen him before. Dude was like dead, man, I'm telling you. It was like nothing. You would have looked at him and thought nothing can happen through that guy. He's 99, 100 years old. He's carving his tombstone. Talking to him, this guy's as good as dead. Came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands of the seashore. Not, not God, that's just God. Next verse. By faith, Abraham, when tested, when God tested him, and now God presented this test. I might talk about that. It wasn't that God created a difficulty for him, it was an invitation. It was a heart, it was an inner thing that God invited him into to see where he was inwardly. When God tested, and he, and, he, and he was changing the perspective of sacrifice because they were used to sacrificing children to gods at the time. And God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change how you see gods. I'm going to meet you where you think gods meet you to ask for your child, but watch this. I will be, I'll provide myself a lamb. When God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, Isaac, Isaac, <laughs> he who had embraced the promises, there's just these phrases. He who had embraced the promises. May that be said of you. He who has embraced the promises. Do you feel that? I mean, you know, like, I know I might be preaching a little bit long, and you got four hours of TV to go watch. I'm not saying anything personal, I just mean. Don't, 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 let's not, you know, just hang on. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac. So, you know, it might not always look like you think that God had said uh, through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned. That's really the final thought. What, how do you reason faith? Because we have a picture that faith is unreasonable. What factors are you putting in as you're choosing faith? I'm reasoning. All of these things, God makes promises. God is faithful. God created through speaking. Jesus showed us who God is, and he did incredible things. He said we would do those things. He bears witness with our spirit that we are his child. Like, what are you reasoning? When you reason the future, when you think about the future, when you're thinking about these things that you believe God has for you and wants to do through you, what elements, what factors are in that equation? And that's where you got to get a hold of yourself and cast down vain imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God bringing them in captivity to what Christ was obedient to. 
Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death, back from death. For by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, is that, is that ones that we, how far did I have in there? By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of, the Joseph, each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites and you know, keeping these stories alive, telling testimonies from Egypt and gave instruction concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him from three, for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So what are you reasoning, you know? How are you identifying? How are you seeing yourself? What's your self-talk? What are you allowing yourself to believe for? Is it just church? We kind of enjoy these concepts. It's cool. I like this message. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in general hopeful. Or are we radically tearing down everything that the world has built up on the inside of us to make sure that we're walking by faith and not by sight? What promises are you believing for? And are you dealing with the stuff inwardly? And what purposes are you living for? And then are you, last slide on there, are you prioritize, how will you prioritize your life to walk out these purposes, to make sure that you're hosting faith to experience these promises? Or, eh, my life's pretty good. I'm pretty busy. I want to be stretched. Are you, are you with me? Amen. I mean, honestly, I want to be stretched. I want to grow. I want to, I want to not limit that which God wants to do through me. I want to look for that city whose builder and maker is God and live and dwell in the promise as he builds it. Amen? Amen. So I'm giving you that homework. Again, write down those promises and those purposes. Let them be anchored in the knowledge of Christ. But make it be like a, like a, like a future script that you're stepping into. Promises and purposes. Let's stand up and just think about that. What promises and what purposes... Father, like all of these patriarchs, all of the ancients, I just want to I, I look to you, have you communicate to me, living in the balance of wisdom and revelation, and then structure my life. Everything about my life, I want it to be structured to experience what you, Jesus, died for me to have, and Lord, what you're leading me into. Every decision, everything that I do, I don't want to be in default mode. I don't want to just... I don't want to think about money and investment and finance and assets the way that the world does. I want to think about it in terms of how you think about it, God. Multiple radical blessing and multiplication beyond my capacity to understand and know. By faith, you give us the power to create wealth. I don't even have to understand that. I just have to behold you and believe you give me 
the power to create wealth. I don't even understand that, but I believe, and I'm going to open my heart to let you do that through me. You called us to lay hands on the sick, and they would recover. We don't understand how that works. We can get a little bit of information on science and miracle, but we just want to be in faith towards you. I don't want to limit anything you want to do in my life that you would be glorified. Father, we trust you and we love you. And before you leave, just think about that one prayer. Just identify one promise in your heart. This is one promise that I'm holding on to. This is one promise that I'm going to build a tent inwardly and dwell in that promise as God builds it into my life. This is the promise. And this is the purpose. This is how I'm going to structure my life for the kingdom, for this purpose. For this purpose, I filter my decisions. And if you don't connect with that here, go home and write it out. Go home and write those out. And find some promises. Find in the word that addresses those. And repent. Change your mind. Do all the inner work that needs to happen. And structure your life to live those things out. And let's watch what God does. Radical, radical, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. To his glory. Amen.